0: welcome into to the we know fantasy podcast i am your host for the night my name is brian wentworth and i am joined by cody aka master smithers cody how are we doing today
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: i'm doing good we are also joined by the fantasy mechanic if you have a problem he will fix it nick how are we doing today i'm doing great Brian.
2: how's it going cody doing great
0: all right, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian. Uh, I just started working for We Know Fantasy in September. Uh, I do breaking news articles, uh, things of that nature. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Wentworth FF. Cody, where can the people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. And Nick, where can we find you?
2: You can find me on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Mechanic, as well as on Twitter at FB Mechanic.
0: All right, sounds good. So remember, everybody, make sure you check out WeKnowFantasy.com. We have a great staff there. We do awesome articles every week. Um, And also make sure you check out the waiver wire wishlist podcast on mondays it's where nate and one of us will go on with him we'll talk about the best pickups of the week the hottest pickups you know who who we think are a deep pickup and then also make sure on wednesdays you check out the we know podcast featuring the fantasy fro where nate and the fantasy fro kind of go over the week that was the week that's coming up things such of that nature um they do some pretty cool segments on there too um so without further ado we're going to get into it uh we're going to start with players who we think at this point in the season are droppable. Uh, So, Cody, why don't you give us your first droppable player?
1: Yeah, so my first droppable guy is actually playing right now, and that is Jalen Samuels. Um, Running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's 65% owned in ESPN leagues. Um, James Conner, back in action tonight. Uh, He's been taking the bulk of the work out of the backfield, and he should continue to do so coming off of his uh, shoulder injury. Uh, Samuels so far this year, is actually only averaging 2.2 yards per carry. So he's got 40 carries on the season for only 89 yards and only one touchdown. So the production hasn't really been there. Um, he was all right for a couple of weeks if you play in a PPR league. He had that 13-catch game a couple weeks ago. But other than that, he hasn't been super productive. And he was actually a little bit more productive back when Mason Rudolph was – a little less productive. So Rudolph now kind of finding himself as an NFL quarterback, he's been stretching the field a little bit more. And you see guys like Deontay Johnson and James Washington kind of breaking out, being a little bit more involved in the Pittsburgh offense. And I think that's going to affect Samuels. I think that's going to take a little bit away from him. Um, And like, like I said about Johnson Washington, you know, last week Deontay Johnson with four catches for 64, James Washington six for 90 and a touchdown. A career game for him, so I mean, I'm all about handcuffing your guys late in the season. If you got James Connor, maybe you think about holding on to Samuels, but I, I think if you need the space, it's safe to cut that guy.
2: Yeah, I, I actually just dropped him in um, a league I'm in uh, for Darius Geist. Geist was available. I'm not sure how, but. Outside of the 13 reception game, I think it's, you know, Samuel's production with Connor back is kind of going to drop off. So I think that's a safe, droppable player at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm actually – I'm kind of at the point where I feel like I'd rather own someone like Kalen Balazs. Um, they're kind of in the same scenario, but at least Kalen blage like the Miami off- offense, is kind of starting to pick up. So Balazs will get those uh, red zone carries uh, versus the – Steelers, where I think they'll go to uh, James Conner in the passing attack first. So I, I agree with that take. Um, Nick, who was your first droppable player?
2: Okay, yeah, my first droppable player is uh, Frank Gore. Uh, he, he's definitely a Hall of Famer in my opinion, but right now he's ranked running back forty-four amongst running backs. Since Singletary's returned, he's seeing less than thirty-five percent of his snaps, and over a uh, four-game stretch since their bye. He's, only, he's got 36 attempts for 116 yards and zero touchdowns, along with two receptions for 15 yards and uh, zero touchdowns. It's only a total of 15.1 total PPR fantasy points. So I hate to say it, but with Singletary returning, I think it's Singletary's backfield. Singletary seeing more of the catches. They're in games that are tight where they're having to throw the ball. And I just think at this point, Gore is irrelevant. I hate to say it because he is a Hall of Famer and I like what he's done over his career. But at this point, go ahead and drop him.
1: I agree with that. I mean, you look at um, Devin Singletary and the way that he's burst onto the scene in Buffalo. Um, I actually got my hands on Singletary in a dynasty league that I'm in and not really expecting to get any production out of him this year because he was the number four running back in that offense in the preseason. But uh, he's just kind of... He's been great. There's, you know, no denying that he's been great lately and it's definitely affected Frank Gore's uh touches and and his fantasy value.
0: Yeah, Frank Gore hasn't really been uh, averaging the best yard for carries. I think he was under like 3 except for maybe against the Patriots this season. I know he uh he had a really good game against them, but with the limited touches versus low yard with low yards per carry, you're not really getting good production out of him like not even flex-worthy, I'd say. So, yeah, I think I think Frank Gore is definitely droppable. Um, So my first droppable player, we're going to get right into it. This one pains me because I'm holding him in two leagues myself. Um, So if you need the roster space, I think we're at the point where you might be able to drop A.J. Green. Um, He he hasn't taken a snap all season, and it seems every week, you know, oh, he's he's trending to play this season, and he just hasn't. Uh, You know, the next day news will come out that he's day-to-day likely to be out. I don't think he plays this season. I think he'll be a free agent next year. Um, it's amazing that the Bengals haven't put him on IR I don't know if he's giving them hope that's a whole different thing um, but I, I think it might be time if you if you need like that bye week filler because um, you have someone else on IR like and, and I know in one of my leagues I have T.Y. Hilton Hurt and I have A.J. Green Hurt I can only put one of them in my IR, IR spot if I need that extra space too because of all the bye weeks A.J. Green might have to get the boot because I don't know how much longer people can hold him for
1: Yeah, I don't really know why the Bengals are kind of messing around with this whole A.J. Green situation. You know, we're how many weeks in now? 10, 11 weeks in, whatever it is, and he's still not healthy. I think it would just be smart for them to kind of shut him down and and go at it again next year. You know, they already are seeing what they have in Ryan Finley at quarterback, so I don't see the risk of why they would want to put A.J. Green on the field this year.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, another productive receiver that's going—that, in my opinion, that is going to be lost for the season. Um, I, I think I don't think he's with the Bengals next year. That said, I think Alden Tate is someone to stash for next season in, in a dynasty league. Um, that's somebody who I would definitely look to stash. But yeah, AJ Green
0: safe to drop at this point. All right, so Cody, why don't you get us into your next dropable player?
1: Yeah, so my second droppable guy is Robbie Anderson, wide receiver from the New York Jets. He's 51% owned in ESPN leagues, and he's just really kind of struggled to get anything going with Sam Darnold so far this season. You know, last week, only one catch for 11 yards against the New York Giants defense, and that's a game that you kind of circle on the schedule as, all right, if Robbie Anderson's going to go off, here's a game where it's got a better chance to happen than most. And you look at his last... Four weeks, and this is four weeks for the stats. He has eight catches for 97 yards, only one touchdown on the season. He's currently on the injury report with shoulder injury and a back injury. He's just not a guy that you can be confident putting in your lineup right now. And that being said, if Robbie Anderson does end up going off at some point this season, he's going to be on your bench when he does it anyways. So in my opinion, I think it's better off just letting him go and, and finding a better option for the back end of your bench.
2: Yeah, I think Cody's looking at my team and my waiver wire and my league because he's <laughs> Robbie Anderson's another player I went ahead and dropped. Uh, I totally agree. I, I was high on him in the beginning of the season. I actually drafted him as my wide receiver too, because I thought he had huge upside and I and Darnold being healthy and his offense was just going to explode and it's done nothing but backfire so far. And like you said, Robbie Anderson at this point, I think he's a two catch for 60 yards and a touchdown on a great day.
0: Yeah, it's really unfortunate. He had a really tough, like, first half of the schedule, so the idea was, like, hold on to him, because he was going to, like, smash the rest of the season, because he just had a juicy rest-of-season schedule, like, after Donald came back, and it's been nothing but disappointing in plus matchups where he should be going for, you know, five, a hundred, maybe one or two scores, and he just hasn't, so yeah, I think I I think I think did see someone drop him in a league I'm in, uh, a couple, actually. It's, it's time to move on. He is, he might as well well be worse than what amari cooper was with the raiders uh nick why don't you get us into your next guy
2: okay yeah my, my second guy is another wide receiver who was kind of touted as a higher up draft pick a lot of people took him as a wide receiver too mostly more as a wide receiver three but it's mvs mark marquez valdez gantling i just think with the emergence of lazard and Cap- camaro if i'm pronouncing that correctly uh even with adams out it didn't seem like he was producing he had the one game where he had 80-yard uh, touchdown. But since then, in their last three games, now this, is, uh, this was eye-popping and a big surprise to me. This is the last three games for MBS. He's got five targets, one reception, for four yards, zero touchdowns. That, to me, he, it's time for him to just be off of your roster. Aaron Rodgers likes to spread the ball. He's been talking about how much he trusts Lazard and Camaro in practice and how they had to gain his trust and everything. At this point, I think he's comparable to Robbie Anderson. If he don't get a long touchdown, he's absolutely irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Once Devontae Adams came back, I was kind of off the Marquez Valdez scantling uh, boat, you know, he held some value with Adams out, but Adams back in the lineup, getting some targets. It just doesn't, it's not worth holding on to, you know, the Packers probably at best second receiver, if not third receiver. So, he just doesn't hold any value at the moment.
0: Yeah, even even when Adams was out of the lineup, MVS wasn't performing at the level we expected him to. And it seems this team is more towards, like, a running football team now. You know, they have the one-two punch with Jones and Williams. They still throw the ball. We've seen that. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. But at this point, you really only want to own Adams, Jones, and honestly, Jamal Williams. Like, those are only the three, like good fantasy assets on that team. So yeah, I agree, Nick. Drop MBS. Um, So my second guy, he's actually, he's 40% owned. I kind of cheated. Our goal was like 50. Uh, But I went with Corey Davis, because I know there are still people out there hanging on for dear life that he's going to be something. It's not this season, uh, and I don't think it's with the Titans. Um, He he has been healthy the past few weeks, and when he has been, he's not performing. He only has one week this season with more than 10 fantasy points, and he went for like 20.1. Uh, and that was in full PPR. I just don't see it for Corey Davis. Whatever it is, it's the number one wide receiver on the Titans. is just a disappointment. We saw it with A.J. Brown last week. You know, second Corey Davis comes back in the lineup, A.J. Brown probably moves back into your starting lineup on fantasy teams. So I just think it's time to move on from Corey Davis cut bait. Maybe he finds a new home within the next few years where we can embellish in his talent. But right now, it's just not the answer.
1: Yeah, I found it kind of strange, you know, Ryan Tannehill comes in and starts running that Tennessee offense and everything's going great. Um, He's putting up nice numbers, but it just seems like Corey Davis, the guy that you would figure would benefit from that, just really hasn't benefited enough to um, maintain any kind of fantasy relevance at this point.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly what my take was going to be with the whole Tannehill stepping in as a starter and opening up this offense a little bit. You would figure Corey Davis would see a lot of that volume. It hasn't translated. Uh, A guy who was actually in the same draft and they were comparable, Mike Williams. These two guys, I kind of feel like this was where Mike, this season so far, Mike Williams has made a turn, whereas Corey Davis hasn't. And maybe you're right, Brian. Maybe a change of scenery may be in his best interest.
0: All right. So, Cody, why don't you get us into your last dropable player?
1: Yeah, the last guy I got, um, staying in New York but switching teams. I'm going to the New York Giants and Sterling Shepard. Uh, 62% owned in ESPN leagues, and he hasn't played since week five. He had the concussion problem. Uh, I guess it was two concussions real close to each other. He was on his way back. Looked like last week was he was going to go, and then all of a sudden he had concussion symptoms again. Uh, ended up sitting. And it's kind of a shame because he was very productive when he was on the field for the Giants earlier in the season. He had nine targets in three out of four games that he played, but... This concussion is just not, um, he's just not healing, I guess, it, whatever term you want to use from from his concussion, and it's kind of put a damper on his season here, and even with him being expected to be back soon, I mean, you look at what Darius Slayton has done and what Golden Tate has done, and Evan Ingram, I know, is a little banged up too right now, but when he's in the lineup, what he's done, you know, the Giants at this point, not that they don't need Sterling Shepard, but you've got a good core group of guys there that even if, if Shepard comes back a hundred percent healthy, maybe his targets that he was seeing early in the season, aren't going to be there like they were uh, before.
2: Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that as well. I'd actually like to see them shut him down for the season. As far as his health is another guy along with him is like Brandon cooks. I know both cooks and Shepard are going through the same concussion uh, symptoms and setbacks. So I'd actually like to see the Giants at this point just shut him down and for his health and for his future.
0: Yeah, I think uh, another big problem with Shepard is even if he does come back, Golden Tate Tate has kind of taken over the slot role there. And Shepard has, for most of his career, has uh, primarily been a slot receiver. In fact, there was a guy who did a study. uh, He pulled up the numbers uh, when Tate signed. And Shepard and Tate are essentially like the same receiver. They found their same success in the slot versus their same uh, like they they have the same numbers on the outside too, and they haven't been like great. So Shepard, even when he does come back, if he does come back, he's not taking back you know the role Golden Tate signed to play for. So I don't I don't see it for Shepard as long as Golden Tate's there. To be completely honest. All right, Nick, why don't you give us your next one?
1: Okay, yeah,
2: my final drop candidate is uh, Kenny Stills. He's right now he's wide receiver number seventy. Uh, With Will Fuller coming back, I know that this was a guy everybody rushed to the waiver wire to grab when Will Will Fuller went down with the hamstring injury. But in the three games where Fuller has been out, Kenny Stills. now this seems like a pretty decent stat line, 14 targets, 11 catches, 174 yards. That's 58 yards a game. It's not bad. It's 5.8. He hasn't scored since week one, though. And with Will Fuller coming back and this offense, the way it's ran with, you know, fuller down i just don't see stills doing any having any kind of production with fuller and hopkins as the primary receivers in this offense and before even before fuller went out kenny stills just wasn't seeing the field uh for the texans
1: yeah i i agree with that you know um the texans offense is just another one of those offenses that it just has all those weapons you know uh Carlos Hyde's been good running the ball and Duke Johnson catching passes out of the backfield. Darren Fells has been involved in the offense quite a bit at tight end and you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. So there's just a ton of offensive weapons, a ton of targets to go around and Kenny Stills just hasn't taken advantage and with everybody healthy, I don't think he's going to.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh Will Fuller has benefited when Kenny Stills has been out and Kenny Stills has not benefited from Either Will Fuller being in or out, besides his week one performance against the Saints. So it sucks. But yeah, I agree. Kenny Stills is droppable. And with that, too, as long as he's healthy, I might even argue Will Fuller's droppable if you didn't already drop him before or after the injury. Uh, But I'm going to get into my last guy. It's Ty Johnson. Um, He was like the number one waiver pickup when Carlos Hyde went down. Um, And the Lions, Matt Patricia went Matt Patricia, and he gave us a three way committee. Uh, and Ty Johnson was probably like the best of the three in my opinion out on the field, but he's been dealing with injuries. Uh, they have J D McKissick, who's been competent. He's been doing good. They've mainly uh, been he's mainly been catching passes. So I don't I don't see it for Ty Johnson. I don't see trying to predict a three man committee. Uh, I don't think the carries are there. And Matthew Stafford is just playing unreal quarterback right now, throwing the ball. So I think that's what the Lions know their strength is. So I'm personally moving on from Ty Johnson if I have him.
1: Yeah, Ty Johnson, definitely droppable. It's kind of a shame because he was one of those guys that when uh, on Johnson got hurt, he was a big uh, waiver wire guy. You know, people spending a lot of fab on him in those kind of leagues, and he just didn't produce. So, yeah, he's definitely a droppable candidate to be dropped.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've seen him be, be dropped in a lot of leagues. You also got to remember Trey Carson, who also got hurt, and Ty Johnson still couldn't produce there. You have guys like Paul Perkins, who's there. This backfield's a mess. I think outside Carry on Johnson, I don't think any of them are worth even owning next season. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see Ty Johnson on the waiver wire now.
0: All right, so we're going to get into our next segment. It's the schedule outlook. We all picked a team, and we're going to break down Kind of like the good or bad for the rest of season schedule. You know, playoffs are coming up. People want to know who are these guys to target. What weeks should I be targeting streamers for? So, Cody, why don't you get us in? You are breaking down what team.
1: I got the Cleveland Browns, and they are playing right now as we speak. And I decided to go with a a positive spin here. Uh, We got the schedule about to lighten up for these guys. Uh, If you look at what they have the rest of the way, playing Pittsburgh right now but then they have Miami, Pittsburgh again, Cincinnati, Arizona, Baltimore which is a tough one, and then Cincinnati again on week 17. So, I'm uh giving a boost to all the offensive players on uh on Cleveland right now as well as the defense as a whole. Um you look at the teams that they have coming up and Pittsburgh really is the biggest threat as far as a pass rush goes. And I watched the first quarter tonight before we got started here and They seem to be handling it pretty well. Baker Mayfield was maneuvering in the pocket pretty well, stepping up, finding guys down the field, um, and he was looking pretty good. And I think big games are coming for Odell Beckham Jr. as well. Almost a touchdown catch in the first quarter. he was about a half a yard short. Um, But I think big games are coming for him, especially against these soft defenses that the Browns are going to be seeing. Jarvis Landry, he's been really good lately. I think that should continue um he has he's had double digit targets in each of the last 3 weeks 9 catches for 97 yards and a touchdown last week 6 for 56 and a touchdown the week before so Jarvis Landry has been playing pretty well he deserves a spot in your lineup i was when i made my notes earlier today before the game started on thursday night i really w- wanted to see what was going to happen in the cleveland backfield because with Kareem Hunt coming back it looked like it might take touches away from Nick Chubb But the way that it looked last week and the way it looked in the first quarter tonight, the Browns are running a ton of two running back sets. So both of those guys are going to be on the field at the same time. Last week, Chubb had 22 touches. Hunt had 11. So 66% of the running back touches to 33%. Uh, And you look at tonight, it, it, it also looked like Chubb was getting a lot of the handoffs and Kareem Hunt's getting a lot of the passing work. But... You know, Nick Chubb, 20 carries in each of the last four games before tonight. I I don't know what he's going to end up with tonight, obviously, but I just look at his defense or this offense as a whole, and I'm telling you, it it looks good. It looks promising for the stretch run, for the playoffs, and I wanted to bring up the defense too real quick. You know, this is a defense that with those offenses coming up on the schedule, I picked them up, and I plan on playing them from here on out, except for maybe the Baltimore game. But... Like I said, you got Cincinnati twice, Arizona, Pittsburgh twice. These are all offensive that have offensive the offenses that have underperformed. So I I definitely like all the Browns. From here on out, I, I'm a big Browns fan and get them in your lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean I actually on my uh recent waiver wire targets for week eleven, I actually have Baker Mayfield on there as my top quarterback to pick up. You know, not knowing how many leagues he's available in, but I think because of the schedule is why I listed him, and actually got some blowback. Hey Baker, really, you know, you know, trying to give me that pushback. But like you said, because of that schedule in itself, Baker Mayfield could be a guy. I hate to say it, but could be a week winning quarterback for you at this point. And also, don't forget they got Injoku coming back in, I believe, two weeks. That could be huge for the offense as well.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like that. I like that take, Cody. Um, I would also just like to remind people, uh, trade deadlines and redraft leagues is approaching. Uh, I think this is a good time to buy Odell Beckham with the uh, upcoming schedule, as uh, Cody has shown us is very juicy. So, Nick, why don't you get us into your uh, schedule breakdown? Who are you breaking down for us?
2: Okay, I'm breaking down the Carolina Panthers. They have the Falcons this week. They also play the Falcons again in week 14, which is uh, playoff right there through the meet of the playoff schedule. Week 13, they got Washington. Week 15, Seattle. And I know Seattle, people think they look at their real record and they think, oh, Seattle's a good team. But their their defense is 21st against passers, 18th against running back, and 21st against wide receivers. Now, you're starting CMC in all these games regardless, so I don't really want to get into the running back um, end of the schedule. But as far as quarterback and receiver, Washington, 20th against quarterbacks. Atlanta, 28th against quarterbacks, and Seattle, as I said, 21st in week 15. And then the wide receivers, Washington, 23, Atlanta, 27, and Seattle, 21. That's Those games there are games I'm looking to definitely get guys like DJ Moore into the lineup. Curtis Samuel, I'm not sure about. I think it's going to depend on how his volume goes from now until then. And CMC is just somebody you're not taking out of your lineup. It always cracks me up when people say, hey, should I sit CMC? They're playing, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. No, you drafted them one or two for a reason. So get them in your lineup.
1: Yeah, I agree with all that. You know, the the Panthers, uh, DJ Moore has been having a quietly, a really good season in PPR scoring this year. I don't know exactly where he ranks among uh, PPR wide receivers, but he's got to be up there maybe close to 20 or so. I mean, he's – He's been quietly having a very nice season.
2: I actually think he's rated 17, so it's a, it's okay. a you know really good accurate uh, there.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like the Panthers. I think that's good. People are going to be looking for playoff streaming quarterbacks, and it sounds like you can kind of just plug Kyle Allen in for most of the playoffs. Um, I li- I really like Curtis Samuel. Uh, I think he's a big fan. Or, uh, Kyle Allen's a That's a favorite target uh, of Kyle Allen. So I would want to own Curtis Samuel, too, uh, especially if you're looking for, like, deep wide receiver stashes. Curtis Samuel should be available, or he might not be. I'm honestly not sure on his ownership percentage. But I would be owning him. And I would also be, if you're looking for a tight end, like if you lost Austin Hooper, uh, et cetera, Greg Olson, he's available in like 70% of leagues, but I've seen him dropped and picked up in a lot of leagues, uh, rotated. I would be trying to get him because he has a, he has a good schedule with that too. Um, so my schedule I'm going to break down is I'm going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans, uh, mainly because with Ryan Tannehill taking over the Tennessee offense, we've seen a nice emergence in these fantasy pieces that are now worth owning. Um, so week 12, they get the Jaguars, and this is a huge uh, Derrick Henry week. Um they've allowed the ninth most points to running backs. Um these teams have already played each other this season, so it could go either way. But what gets really interesting is week 13, Johnu Smith gets the Colts, and they have allowed like the fourth or fifth most, fifth most points to tight ends. And I'm just saying he's a great streamer. He's barely owned. But it gets really good in the playoffs. So week 14, 15, and 16, it's Ryan Tannehill and all the wide receivers. The Raiders Or a very good run defense, so I don't think it's necessarily going to be a Derrick Henry week. But you could definitely fire up Ryan Tannehill. You could definitely fire up A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys, even Jonu Smith again, because the Raiders, as far as the pass goes, cannot defend anything. Uh, Then week 15, it's the Texans, who are top 12 in points allowed to every position except for the running back where they have only allowed the 14th most and the tight end where they've allowed the 29th most. So you're not starting W Smith. That's probably when you're going to cut ties with him uh, and find another streamer, maybe a Greg Olson. Uh, but you could start everyone against the Texans. I mean, they're 14th or higher against, you know, points allowed to every position. This is not a good defense. It's a defense that can be beat. Uh, and then week 16 championship week is when they play the saints. So it's not a Derrick Henry week. Um, unfortunately he's a, probably going to be a playoff sit that week, but the saints have allowed the 15th most points to quarterbacks and the 13th most to wide receivers. So this passing attack for the Titans after week 12 is going to be on fire and it's something you're going to want to own. And it's really exciting because, you know, there's, there's usually breakout wide receivers in the playoffs and we're about to see it. And I believe it's going to be, uh, Ryan Tannehill to AJ Brown. So Fire them up. That's that's my playoff pick, or my schedule pick.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love the Ryan Tannehill story this season, you know, coming in and throwing a ton of touchdowns and just completely turning around the Titans' offense. I, I just feel like Tannehill kind of got a raw deal in Miami. He, you know, got run out of town, and uh, now you kind of see what the Dolphins are like without Tannehill and what the Titans are doing with Tannehill. So it's just refreshing to see a guy like Tannehill get – this opportunity and succeed with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I think something important when we're evaluating these schedules is to also look at teams that are vying for a, a real playoff spot in the NFL because you're, then you're, you're not worried about fantasy players sitting or, or not getting their touches. You want teams to be out there competing. So we, I think we all pick teams that are on that cusp of playoffs or playoff contention, which is a big thumbs up for all of us. Way to go, fellas.
0: Yeah, we all, we all picked some good ones. So we're going to get into our last segment. Uh, this is our DFS Plays of the Week. Uh, last week, we had it as a whole segment, uh, or two weeks ago. Uh, this week, we have it just singular players. We're going to give you one pick we like for DFS this week, and we're going to break it down for you guys. So, Cody, why don't you get us started with your DFS pick?
1: Yeah, so Nick kind of talked a little bit about this earlier uh, in his team breakdown, and I got Kyle Allen of the Carolina Panthers. And... He is $5,300 on DraftKings, $7,100 on FanDuel, and he's facing the 29th-ranked pass defense of the Atlanta Falcons this week. So you look at the Falcons' defense and you think, oh, well, they just shut down Drew Brees last week, and he didn't throw a single touchdown pass against those guys. Well, I'm kind of throwing that game out because that was a complete anomaly from the rest of the season from what the, the Falcons have been able to do on defense. Like I said, they're the 29th-ranked pass defense, and that is including shutting down Drew Brees last week. So they've been just terrible. They're allowing 261 passing yards per game, 2.1 touchdowns, passing touchdowns per game, and Kyle Allen just threw for 307 yards against Green Bay last week. So I feel like this is a great matchup. Um, Kyle Allen's got some great weapons. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, uh, even Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. So I'm firing up Kyle Allen in my daily lineups this week.
2: Yeah, I love that, especially at the value you're going to get that quarterback. I also think this could be a big confidence boost for Kyle Allen. I think now that looking at the, the possibility of Cam Newton getting traded in the offseason and him being open and open to the idea of being traded, I think that kind of allows Kyle Allen to play moving forward without that thought of returning to the bench or playing for a spot. So I think it's a huge uptick for Kyle Allen, not only for your DFS for the rest of the season, but also for next season.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love this pick because believe it or not, Cody, this was almost my pick uh, before you (laughs) entered it into the dock. I was considering placing Kyle Allen. Obviously uh, I didn't, but I love this pick. I think this is a great, great get right game for game for the Panthers after it lost last week against the Packers. Uh, and you're about to see Kyle Allen eat. So uh, Nick, why don't you get us into your DFS play of the week?
2: Okay, my DFS play for this week is, and I hate to say it because I'm a huge Eagles fan, but is Mohamed Sanu. He's 5100 on DraftKings, um, and his front, they're coming off a buy in which in, in a game of which they lost to the Ravens, so it's going to be a get right game. You also got to think about Super Bowl 52 revenge in the back of their minds. And Mohamed Sanu against the Ravens, his first game with the Patriots, was on the field for 100% of the snaps, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Against that Eagles' horrible defense, I could see Mohamed Sanu eating and eating lots and lots of bird this uh this week. And at 5,100, it's a steal.
1: Yeah, you look at Mo Sanu and... It just, it's something else with the Patriots, you know. I mean, uh, you see receivers or any kind of player go to a new team, and it takes a while for those guys to get acquainted with the new playbook, uh, get up to speed. Mohamed Sanu just instantaneously was was ready to go and showed it last week, or, uh, you know, the last game they, he played when he had uh, the 10-reception game. And... I mean, he's he's been great. And I think I agree. I think the whole Patriots offense this week is just going to have a field day against the Eagles.
2: Uh, so yeah, I mean, before, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before you I know you want to comment, but just something I want to slide in there. I have it in my notes and I forgot to bring it up that the Patriots also don't have some playing play in the slot, which is where what he played in Atlanta. And I think that's what it has allowed him to shine a little bit more in a different defense is he's playing out wide and that's why i think that he's just going to chew off the needles
0: yeah i i love this muhammad's the new pick uh the patriots are a pass happy team right now they can't get the run game going because of the offensive line and we saw that against the ravens you know right before their bye week we saw them going into hurry up we saw them going you know same personnel everybody wide I love this. Muhammad's a new pick. You want any attachment to a Tom Brady offense that is throwing the ball? I believe the third most in the NFL. Last I checked, this is a fantastic pick. He is super cheap at fifty one hundred. If you want to go even deeper, because I'm doing it in a league, I am rolling out. This is not my pick, by the way, but I'm rolling out Nikhil Harry this week in a league. His price is three k. So if you want like a like another piece of the Patriots pass happy offense. You might be able to start the rookie this week, but my pick is Josh Jacobs uh, versus Cincinnati at 6,900. It's a little pricey, but you're not going to find a running back uh, against such a bad defense um, with such positive game script. Um, Cincinnati's averaging 29 points per game to running backs and Josh Jacob is playing out of his mind. It's an easy lock for me this week. And I think he's a must start.
1: Yeah. I like that. Uh, Just, Keep an eye out. I think he's on the injury report this week. I think he still is going to play, but just uh, make sure you keep an eye out for Josh Jacobs. Uh, Make sure that injury doesn't uh, turn into anything more serious.
2: Yeah, I definitely love it. And anybody, I I know Cody knows this, and anybody else or everybody else who's listening to this podcast knows I I have a mad crush on Josh Jacobs. (laughs) I'm actually trying to scoop him up in in Dynasty Leagues as often as possible. I just think he's a workhorse back. Um, I'd like to see him catching the ball out of backfield a little more, but they're, you know, they're, they're trying it. And I, I I think once he masters that, you're looking at potential within a year or two, or I even say two to three, the number one running back in the NFL and in fantasy football.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I wasn't super high on Jacobs coming into the season. I didn't trust the Raiders, but I, I'm definitely wrong. And I'm, I'm fine with being wrong. So, uh, all right, Cody, Nick, any last, uh, any last things to add?
1: I don't think so.
2: No, I'm good. I, I, great, great job.
0: Yes, great job, everyone. And thank you, everyone, who listens to the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. My name is Brian, joined by Cody and Nick. Make sure you check out weknowfantasy.com. Make sure you check out the waiver wire wishlist. And make sure you check out We Know Fantasy Podcast featuring the Fantasy Fro, where Nate and the Fantasy Fro go over the week that was, the week that is, and things such of that nature. Without further
1: ado, we're out of here. Thank you. Peace. See you next week. Uh...